0: Hello, and welcome back to The Big Esports Podcast. This is episode number 50 with Chico from INTZ Esports Club, a very passionate Brazilian esports organization that has some interesting business strategies. We got in touch over LinkedIn because of my content on both LinkedIn video and through the podcast about sales in esports, and he had some very interesting points to add and also agreed with a few of the things that I've said. In this podcast, we cover a few things about Gaining new fans and how to reach out to gaming, not just esports. We discuss the generality around sales in esports, what makes his organization different to the others. And I like to take a bit of time in this podcast too to identify how do you make sponsors happy and how do you ensure that they re-sign and get the most out of your relationship with them. This is a very engaging and interesting conversation. I had a great time and it's the first person from Brazil or the wider Latin America we've had on the podcast. So hopefully you enjoy it as well. If you want to get any of the show notes, see any of the topics or see any of the links that we talked about today, head to bigesports.gg forward slash 502C and get in touch. Thanks so much for being a listener of this podcast. We've created it really to help increase information sharing and understanding of the esports market. If you'd like to help us out, feel free to leave us a review on whatever podcast platform you do and make sure to share this with your friends. Hopefully, we've been able to provide some fantastic information to you and a bit of a learning experience over this period of time, whether you're looking to skill up, enter the industry, or you're just looking to monitor to see how things are going. If you'd like to put yourself forward as a guest, suggest any others or ask any questions, Feel free to connect with us at bigesports.gg or on any of the social media platforms at bigesports.gg. Chico, first a guest on the podcast from Brazil. So happy to have you here, mate. Oh, my pleasure, mate. There's uh one thing that we were talking about a little bit before we started recording that's that I've been thinking about for many many years as a you know previous counter-strike player myself that there are so many similarities between the Brazilian and the Australian market. Number 1 is it can be quite hot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but number 2 I think is the absolute passion of the fans. I don't think you know I feel like the fans that go absolutely crazy at any at any counter-strike arena, you got Australians and Brazils, and they're the ones that are really up there. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think it's a great thing that uh, the passion is a very good thing for the esports. Uh, it's good to show people how, how much people appreciate it. Uh, because people have this, that prejudice that people are, uh, who are, um, uh, on the, on the screens, uh, how can I say hidden before, uh, behind ice cream? They don't have passion. They are cold and freeze and people in Brazil as, as people and as the Aussies are very engaged about it. So it's good to, to people, to the crowd to see, uh, how much? Uh, the, how 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 big is the engagement uh, behind the scenes? Mm. You know.
0: Mm. And do you do you get the same thing in in all other sports in Brazil as well, or is this only in esports? No, that, well, except for football.
1: Football is very passionate. Is the like I guess the first thing we say here is football, mm. uh, and then and then esports. Esports is for sure the second biggest uh, eSports sports in Brazil for sure.
0: Yeah, so just like we like to kick off every podcast, can you just give a quick summary of your history sure. in, in business across traditional sports and esports and um, just say a little bit about what your business role is today?
1: Okay, so I started uh, in the entertaining business. I worked at, at Universal Studios for six, seven years. Then I had a chance, the opportunity to work with traditional sports. Uh, it was an important moment at that time. At that, at that time, because it was before the Olympics and the World Cup, so I learned a lot. Uh, and well, mainly I learned how not to do things because Brazil got it all wrong. But that's a mess. that's a shame to say, but that's the truth. So I uh, stopped working with sports for for a year, go to the construction, and then I I got invited to work with esports. Uh, and as a, as a nerd myself, uh, it was, it just impressed me and I didn't know uh, very much about the business itself. I was always playing and those kind of things, but I'm not so aware about uh, the, the numbers itself. And then I, I got the chance to take a look at the numbers and whoa, that, that's what I want to, what I want to be. And that's where I am now. This is my third year in esports. I started in an agency. Uh, and then th- that agency had had uh, the contractor from many teams. The worked for many teams, and one of them, INTZ, got me from there. Uh, and I'm one year in INTZ now, and, so, and I'm uh, very
0: happy. Can you can you elaborate a little bit about INTZ, like what the position in the market is?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, I'm 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 the, the brand partnerships manager director. Call, call it whatever you want. The thing, the most important is I'm the first guy in a team that to work focus only on the sales or the new business on bring, bring brands to the, to the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what uh, we, we, we have a, in our structure, we have three guys from business development. Um, me, uh, I work for the, to, to the sales team. Mm-hmm. There we have an you know, innovation guy and we have an office guy. So we work together to bring the depend on the the business, it goes to the innovation guys. So, and then and I'm more behind the sponsors and partners and to the, the work for, for to, to get the money, you know, that's the truth.
0: Mm. And we, you know, for, for those listening, uh, you and I connected over the sales podcast that I released and, um, and some of the content that I put out over on LinkedIn, you know, something that I've been. Thinking about for quite some time, and for anyone who hasn't listened to that, you know this is episode fifty. I think it's back to um, episode forty-seven, so you can go to BigEsports.gg forward slash forty-seven to listen to that short episode. And you know, in that in that episode, I highlighted a lot of what I would what I have seen in the market right now, where people I think aren't putting enough effort into sales. They're not paying for proper sales staff, um, and they're not understanding the. Um, real breadth of of sales that needs to go into something like esports, like happens yes. in traditional sports, more so than just putting a logo on a jersey or you know doing a few tweets for a company. It's often an all encompassing package. So obviously, like you were just identifying with INTZ, you know, there's there's quite a few salespeople involved in that process. Is that is that common in your region, or are you an outlier?
1: No, uh, no, I'm the I'm an outlier. Uh, I'm the only one. The the. The other teams have, uh, how can I say, uh, an account manager. Mm-hmm. that do both jobs, both inside inside the, the club and outside. Uh, we have a account manager that it works with me, but it's different jobs. And so we have we can think about a, a big strategy. So that's how I got in contact with you because I have to work. Uh, I have to see uh, beyond. You know, not only what has happened, just beside me. So I have to be in contact with the big media companies, big brands, uh, clubs from the uh, from worldwide to get ideas, and not accept, not just giving, uh, as you said, before, as you spoke about. Not it's not only about the tweets and the jerseys and the the, the basic uh, sponsor. Uh, how can I but big, uh, big basic sponsor properties? You know, mm. Mm. it's more like a project.
0: Yeah, and and I can I can understand why, you know, some small companies as a startup don't see the upside in you know hiring a a salesperson, right? Because they're worried about not having enough money to pay for their sure. team and their flights and their accommodation. But I feel like, and you know, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts and if you agree. But it's but it could be a losing battle, you know, if you don't spend the if you don't spend the money to make the money. You know, how are yeah. you going to get the sales through the door?
1: That's correct, Chris. That's what I talk. I guess the, the small, uh, IDC I, is the biggest team in Latin America. Uh, but we have great teams and with great, uh, guys and, and small teams. Not, I, I'm not saying that they are small, okay, but they are smaller than us. So, and for them, they have, they can, for example, work with an agency or a consultancy group that can mm. put that, put together a strategy to them. Because I know that it's hard to the 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 first two two three years is very hard because people don't know you. You are getting your numbers, you are getting your crowd, uh, and you are getting the first prizes. You got you're getting players, and it's hard. But uh, the thing is, people have to they have to uh, invest in the sales team, in the sales operations, call it whatever you want. Mm. But you can't have money if you don't spend money. That's
0: you spoke before, and I completely agree with you. So, my my question for you as well, then, because obviously you've got a far more developed um, sales offering than you know some of your competitors. what What makes you different to the others? What have you identified that, that you can offer that other teams aren't or, or can't?
1: Well, for example, we are. INTC is more than a club. We have a hub of about other. Uh, Digital solutions. We have my sports TV, INTV. It's a uh, web channel. We have, uh, projects, uh, brand, uh, tailor made projects that we, we build. We can, we can, we can produce, uh, all, all of our, our material in, uh, in, uh inside of the, our gaming house because it's the biggest in Brazil, one, one kilometer. One kilometer square. Uh-huh. I don't know how it's the same measure in Australia. If not, yeah, we can. Oh, so great! Uh, uh, and the thing is, for example, how how we do to do a sponsorship? We have a project. We think about a project, a big project, and then we go we go to, to the jersey. The jersey is the last thing we we can offer to to someone because. Uh, we think about our brand too much. And there's another thing, for example, uh, you ask the bar strategy. Somehow uh, we are always mapping the, the other teams in our market and we are mapping the teams from worldwide to see what kind of industries are looking for these sports. And then we have, if you are in, a, in our adversary, for example, we have huge uh, teams in Latin America, for example, we are nowadays in the final in the CBLO. CBLO is the League of Legends Championship. We are in the final against Flamengo. Flamengo is a huge Brazilian football team. Mm-hmm. So we have to think uh, uh, why they are in the, in this market. We know why because we are in the market. But why? How the brands are seeing this? How can I? Uh, how can I serve this this wave as well to 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 show the brands that don't know anything about esports? What, what is esports? Because, uh, and I saw, I don't know wh- which, which episode I heard you were saying about the difference between gaming and esports. And there's a mm. big difference about it. So you have to be very calm and patient to explain to the, to the two guys that don't know anything about esports, how it works. So it's a long job, but you have to invest on it. You can't just yeah. say people are coming to me. You know, it's not like the field of dreams, the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think the content you're talking about was, um, yeah, was a video that I put out on LinkedIn or, or some thoughts that I put out on, on LinkedIn. What, what I wanted to ask you too was obviously you're very, um, Latin American focused and, and specifically Brazilian focused with your team. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of teams in Australia, Pakistan, Turkey, and other smaller emerging regions starting to reach out as getting a little bit more of a global presence because, you know, our markets are smaller and they reach a cap. Do you think that being so Brazilian focused is is a limitation to you or is it a necessity for how, how uh, you know, nationalist or, or how proud the fans are of their local region?
1: The thing is we are not only uh, focused on Brazil, but we are getting so big in Brazil nowadays that it took us a lot of time, but it's very good. And, and as I said, we said before, the uh, the thing is, I was trying to get worldwide. Our vision in the, the our vision statement is to get uh, no worldwide until two thousand two thousand and twenty two. Mm-hmm. We have two years to get there. Uh, we already conquered, if I if you if you allowed me to say that the, the Latin America, and now we wanna go abroad. MTG, I'm, I'm not sure if you know about it, but we have uh, we already had. Uh, gave the first step into, to our worldwide domination. We got a team in Toronto, Canada, a counter strike mm-hmm. team, and we were in major. We lost the first games, the first round, but we are in, we were, we were in the major. It, that's huge. That's important mm-hmm. for the, for our scenario, you know, to show ourselves. Uh, and so I guess nowadays we are focused on Brazil. Yeah, for sure. And now because we don't, we don't have a franchise system as well. I mean, I'm not mm. saying that is good or not. I don't want to go to that. But the thing is, we, when you have a franchise, it's easier to go abroad because you can plan it yourself uh, show them a bigger plan. You know what I mean? That's. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that I, I, I agree or, or no or or not or don't. The thing is about how people outside looks at look at the the esports scenario. You know, and that's why I, I. It's. Thank you very much for your invite to be here because, uh as many as I can learn from the. From worldwide, I guess I want to bring it back to Brazil and help my colleagues, help my help my teammates to to have the same success you are already having worldwide. You know, mm,
0: mm. yeah, it's, and it's a funny crossover too. It was um one of the teams that you lost to in the in the major was actually an Australian team called Greyhound Gaming.
1: <laughs> I don't want so to go to that team. subject because we were talking before, Australian teams are somehow our nemesis, you know. So
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. That's not I wanted, lesson. <laughs> and and look, this is something that I didn't think that we would necessarily chat about, but I'm happy you brought it up, is is franchises. I'd like to talk a little bit more about that. So, you know, I guess overseas in, in the UK, there's franchises in the, in the form of Gfinity. Obviously, um, that happened in Australia, and, and yep. but, it's, but it's been wrapped up. Globally, you've got, you know, the Overwatch World League. You've got various local League of Legends tournaments that are now going towards franchising yep. and Blizzard Activision. Is franchising something that exists in Brazil currently? And I'd, I'd love to get a few more of your thoughts on the local franchising or international franchising, whether it's the local League of Legends or whether it's, you know, global Overwatch World League spot in Brazil.
1: Uh, no, it's not common at all in Brazil. We know how it, we know how it works. I mean, we know it that it exists and we know that you don't have the, the sense and the relegation and those things. Mm. Uh, we thought that relegations, those, those kind of games are very, uh, very, very exciting because they decide all the your future. But for business, it's not that good, you know, mm. but because about the plan, the, uh, the company plans and budgets and all this kind of thing. But we have in Brazil, well, the, our first league. In the franchise model, it's the CBC, CBCS, CBCS. It's like the Brazilian, the Counter Strike Brazilian Championship. It's gr- it's a great step for the Brazilian scene because teams can plan themselves. The pins are the owners of the league, and they can put together the plans, the strategies, and it's a huge movement. Uh, it's been great. We have uh, six steps, six rounds so far. Um, mm-hmm the teams are working together for example INTZ we have a counter strike uh, team in this tournament and cbcs and we can uh, the we, we have to uh, we, can't, so we can we can sail them together with the low team for example they are not mm-hmm. with together because it's a league it's a franchise league they have their system their 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 structure so it's it's great to to learn you know uh, we know uh, and I'm uh, I'm a 40-year-old guy. Uh I know that we we won't uh got it right at the first time ever, you know. So but mm-hmm. the thing is we are working the the right way and the best way possible to to make it right to anyone. So franchise is I guess is one of the steps. I am not I don't know what will happen. I don't know if the Brazilian crowd will like it or not. But if the if the if the publishers think is the the right thing to do and if the teams agree with that we have to just give hands and try to do our best, you know. But if it doesn't go the, the way to, way we expect, man, we can always get it back. And so say, the crowd, if you if you true with the audience, they will 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 be there with to you, you know. That's how I think. It's not uh, it's not a. Uh, we don't have the. We're not almost being hanging, you know. So it's do or die, it's do or die, you know. I guess we can try. It. But yeah. the, price, the prices are some. It's we just saw what happened with 100 thieves uh, in the card yep. scenario. So that's that that can happen a lot in in Brazil. Even if if it if it happens with 100 thieves, imagine what can happen with the Latin America scene. You know that's uh, well, one very important point that we are we should discuss about it. You know.
0: Mm. Yeah, and it, and it was interesting what you were saying as well about um, a lot of, you know, the decision to buy or not buy a franchise is based on what outside people might think, you know, yes. what mainstream companies might might see. And a lot of people, you know, over the even the past five years have, have asked me a very similar question, which is, you know, Chris, what do you say to companies and people outside of esports that talk down about it or don't care? And I say, I don't care what they think because, you know, we're building our own industry here. We're building our own fan base, but ultimately it does come to a point where you have to ask the question, you know, when the money starts becoming so big and you need the funding from these, you know, venture capitalists, mainstream investors, hedge funds, and, and from these large brands, global organizations, you know, is this the, is this the thing that you're going down? You know, I'd like to get your thoughts about that. You know, what's the, what they call non-endemic, you know, brands outside of esports adoption in Brazil of esports. Is, is there a lot of interest?
1: Yeah, they have a lot of interest nowadays because uh, Brazil is the third biggest audience in esports. Uh, and that's huge, you know, mm. because you can see the European scenario, the Asia. We are bigger than that, except from uh, uh, China and USA, we are the third one. So we have mm. to take advantage of it. But how to take advantage of it? We know that the esports fans are very engaged and they spend a lot of money in their equipment. But Brazil is a country that we have some our. Uh, we're not, not, I'm not, I don't want to say economic issues, but we have our differences. So non-endemic brands can have a huge opportunity over here, because there's a different corporate, uh, that's a different audience from the uh, from the, the other regions. For example, It's bigger. And, and you have and you have anybody here, you know, and so you have a lot of opportunities. IMTZ, for example, we have we have a Chinese box. One big, uh, the biggest, uh, for a Chinese, uh, fast food, uh, brand Brazil. It's a huge deal. It's a very nice deal. They are, they aren't an on our jersey because they understand the project. They understand that they have to be, uh, they have to be in the scenario before they ask for anything. That's a very important point to, uh, to deal with the audience. And we have Lupo. It's socks, a socks, a socks and pajamas company. It's for, um, the vestuary, I don't know how, how, how this, uh, it's a uh, copy from clothing. You know, yeah. it's not, a, it's not like Adidas and those kind of things. It's more like, uh, yeah. that, that clothes, uh, they, the daily basis clothing, clothing and accessories, and they are on our Jersey now, but they are not for, uh, they are not the, they are not the supporting team for the Jersey. You know, the, they don't build, produce the, our Jersey. They are uh, putting their logo as a project, you know, they give mm. the pants and we make joke and we make funny, we make the posts and they trust us. That's an important thing. The non-andemic brands should trust the should trust in the uh, the guys in the market to do this business because, well, I don't I'm not sure if, if you were aware about the meme from Richard Dawkins thing, but the thing is it's cultural. We are uh, ten years ago we, we were nothing, you know. Mm. Nowadays we are huge. So it's not that they're not doing any, uh, they're not, how can I say, the, it's not a player. We don't need them. No, we are huge enough, but it's good to, to have them together with us. It's good to anyone. And that's the point. It should be good to anyone. It should be good to both parts. So the non-endemics are giving the, the first steps at that at the scenario and most of them are doing right. Then that's what makes me very happy in Brazil.
0: Yeah, that's, that's good. Cause, you know, I've been, I've been talking to some, you know, tier one teams, both locally and internationally. And there mm-hmm. is some concern about these large companies not re signing because, you know, most of these, most of these sponsorships are in their first term, right? If sure. you're thinking about, you know, Toyota and, and Bud Light and Pringles and Gillette. Sure. And, um Honda all of these companies you know they're only in their first term and over delivering or you know making sure that the company is happy is it's obviously something that's really important so for for someone who's interested in esports sales or maybe has a sponsor currently can you give some tips or advice on how you set the terms to to ensure that both companies you know end the end of the partnership comfortably or you know continue how do you make sure that your sponsors happy
1: well uh, first of all, you have to. Uh, it's very important to listen to uh, to the brand problem, the and so t- so you can set the solution uh, uh, to give them the, the right solutions. Because it's mm-hmm. not about getting no, it's not about putting a brand. It's different from the traditional sports. You know, traditional sports, it's very used to work with uh, just the branding part of it. In esports, you have to get to to have a tailor brand project. You have to see who's the brand audience and where is the where is this audience in the esports scenario, because we have a lot of scenarios inside esports. We have the mobile, we have the FPS, we have MOBA, and we have Hearthstone. Uh, we have the battlegrounds nowadays. It's huge. So you, the first steps you have to be sure they understand where they are going to. And the thing is, it's not hard to to make to to show them where they are going because it's huge. We have a lot of opportunities. It's nowadays, like they say, the the um, or blue ocean, ocean blue. Mm. You have a lot of opportunities. But the thing is, once you got there, once you have the the the, the signatures, the, the agreement done, you have to give them what they they uh, what you what they need. Mm. So because it, it, and, and I'm. I'm I'm considering that you already had your contract signed it, so you know what to do. And then you have to show them all along the way how it works. You know, it's more like baby steps. You know, come here. Let me show you what is a, what I'm doing. They have to be part of the plan and not look what I did. Or, look what I did. You know, the Brazilian guys somehow... Uh, uh, We forget to show the people how is the process, the creative process about the things. You know, oh, we have opportunity here. And why is that opportunity? Because of this, this and that. And we have to show them cases. We do, we do not uh, need to hide what is, uh, what our our competitors do. You know, as though if they see this, they will, it will be bad because they will think the, the, our neighbor's grass is greener than ours, you know, but that kind of, uh, it's all thinking, you know, mm. but it's hard and we have to know that on uh, the other side of the desk, there's a guy that has a family, have to put the food in their table. And so it has their problems, you know, a little empathy. You have to, to understand, to put together. And that's what happens, for example, with Chining Box. I'm working with Chining Box for two years now, and that's huge. And it's important to me, you know, because... uh we were, we were doing different things be, uh, before IDZ, And then I got them as a contract from a, from a, the biggest club. Mm. We already won the, the Brazilian League of Legends Championship. And that's huge. And they're being part of it. Uh, they, I can send you a, a hype video that we, 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 we publish. Uh, I don't know how to do it, but you can, we share in LinkedIn. That's a, we, we somehow, uh, play with their product, you know. They are Chinese fast food. We have a shrimp. Shrimp uh, is the jungle, uh, jungle from Flamengo, and we we joke with that, and it was good. It was uh, it's, like we say Brazil farpas. We we were joking with them, but in a very good way. Yeah. But but yeah. before we did it, we 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 had to show the, the brand what we are doing, why we are doing, because at the first oh man, if I didn't say anything and they just saw that video, they will kill me with all with all the reason in the world, you know? Yeah. So that's yeah. how it it's you, you have to be patient, you know. And that's one of the good points about having investment in sales team. In the because you can always have it uh giving attention to the to the, the branch or partners. Because if I can say that one one thing with companies then the teams usually get it wrong is it's not about the signing of the contract. It's about how you get it on the, the process going, you know, because that's how you will, uh, post, not, not postpone. You have to sign it again, you know, for the second year. You have to show mm-hmm. them all the, the way. You're not, it's not about talking to them two, two times a year, you know, so you have to show them, bring them together, uh, show them, show them, especially the, the, the thing that went bad that you tried. But you have to be partners, you know. Partners has the, the real the, the, the real meaning of the word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know if I'm a i am can be a romantic, Chris. I'm sorry about that, but <laughs> I mean,
0: sorry. that's okay. Yeah, look, I think I think there's some some very interesting things to pull out of what you just said. Um, you know, one is maintaining that relationship with the partner. You know, True. a lot of, a lot of people in the past, and this is me as being a sponsor, have fallen down in the part where they just want to sign the revenue and then they kind of forget about you. And then, you know, it's unlikely you are to re sign after that because you need that relationship ongoing, right? Yeah. And the other, the other thing that I've tried to take to doing a lot, especially with influencer projects, which are quite common for us here in Australia, is mm-hmm. just, it, you feel a bit stupid asking it, but just being really obvious and saying to the brand, you know, ha- how will this be a success for you? What is the metric? Exactly. And even if you can or can't get there, it really helps you to understand what they're looking for. And maybe you can exactly. change your marketing and messaging to help deliver. And this definitely isn't me saying that, you know, all these tier one sponsors aren't going to resign at all. But this is me saying that, you know, globally, there are some very smart people, you know, that I've been talking to behind sure. the scenes who are now, you know, starting to discuss a lot of this. They've said, okay, you know, we've now got the interest from these traditional brands. It's up to us to deliver and over deliver, not exactly. Not only for our exactly. brand, but for the whole market. So these other brands are interested because you see when, when one brand has some success, say in the automotive space, I think it was BMW with League of Legends was the first automotive partner to come in. And yeah. then in the next three to four years, you've seen every major automotive partner in the world, or almost everyone come in. You know, you've seen Audi, we've seen Honda, um, we've seen Toyota, we've seen Mercedes, and you know, there's talk I've been talking to another Tier One team that says there's about to be another Japanese automaker coming into the space too. So out of the biggest car brand in the world, you know, this one that came in with BMW and, and had some success and told some good stories, it dragged the rest in. So, you know, it's the old adage of, you know, rising tide lifts have sold boats and and seems to be quite you know proven here in the esports market.
1: Sure, uh, so when you say when you talk talking about the um, BMW and Audi, you touched my weak point because that's my personal goal to have one brand like that uh, in INTZ mm. because the market uh, as our market's not as mature as the European, Asian, uh, even our Ocean, uh, even yours market. People are not looking at that. They, the guys in the, those, the brand, this, uh, this companies, just say they are not our audience. But they will never be if you never talk to them. You know. But it's, uh, I mean, it's uh, you don't, you don't wake up and say, oh, I'm gonna buy, a, I'll buy a car today. <laughs> it's not like that. Yeah. It's a process. You know, you want a car today, okay, but you can't buy it. So it's a process. You have to talk with them. So that's what we're trying to show the, the the brands here, and there's a lot of good, good, good uh, cases out uh, worldwide. You know, the McDonald's. What McDonald's did in the Nordics was great. You know, mm. they had the, their number the different uh, McDonald's. Think about it, It's McDonald's we're talking about. They 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 get permission to change bur- their burgers name. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it is huge. It's yeah. And that's a case we have to show the worldwide. You no, know? look what McDonald's is doing. This is how they do it, you know? That's how we, we want to do it. Hmm. And then I think we'll do it. You will get it there, man. I, I'm romantic, as I said.
0: <laughs> that's good. And I, I guess I, w- I want you to touch on a little bit more, you know, with your brands and, and what their goals are in the market. Are you being pushed more and more to generate direct sales and ROI and, and digital presence or is it more of a branding play? You know, can you give me a bit of insight into why these brands that sponsor you are interested in, and what they want from you?
1: For sure, mate. Uh, we are very. Good. There's a lot of pressure about numbers nowadays. I guess market marketing's less about in, in it's less about uh, in, China, in, in China. people. About it's more about the, the dreaming, and nowadays it's more about the, the numbers. You know, they yeah. get get. So. Uh, and I'll, I'll, and I'll say, I'll talk about Shining Box again, because I I think it's one of the biggest brands that the, uh, it's it's not the biggest brand, but it's the brand that is making the, the, taking the best of it. And what they did, they, they, they want to, to talk to a younger audience. Okay. First of all. Okay. So, and, but they are in the franchise system. So Mm. how, how can the, the, the branch, the, the, the main branch, uh, not not the branch. The principal, the, the company. How can the stakeholders show to the stakeholders that this is a good business? Because they came from different parts of Brazil, from different scenarios. They they there are different people, They're very mu- uh, very different among the, among themselves. So what we did, well, uh, much much beyond just the the, 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 the social media, the, the jerseys, the, the the brand. We did it. We we asked them for a coupon. A discount coupon. Mm-hmm. So they can, when we, when you ask the delivery, you can put uh, this coupon. And what they did, they discovered they have a huge growing, uh, growing numbers in delivery, you know, that people are using. I'm not saying that they, they did, they have uh, the, we, we multiplied by two, their profits. But the thing is, they check that we have a lot of things in the sports. There's a lot of coupons going on. And with that, we, the uh all the guys from the franchising, even the guys that didn't know anything about sports, they say, Well, I know I'm not sure about that, but that's a huge big business. Mm-hmm. And we, we we could get more money for them to work more and harder and better. But first we we show them that it was a good way and then we, we uh we get the money bigger to show them better and to improve their numbers. They are investing. It's how it's somehow on uh, and, and, and they are. In, we were talking before first the first things we were talking about the investments they're investing you know they see that, that, that there's a lot of potential but we need to show them this this number Mm, mm. Yeah. Did I make myself clear? I I don't know if I make myself clear. Yeah, you did.
0: And I I think that's, um, and like you were saying, it's it's kind of the changing times of the market, right? It's no longer just a branding play where you get sponsored just because you're interesting. There has to be some sort of delivery. And that's, you know, from the articles I've been reading, that's happening in traditional sports as well. Um, where, you know, the brands used to a lot of the time sponsor a team just because the CEO of the company really liked that team and wanted to be close to them. And it was cool to sponsor them similar to, you know, a lot of team owners are just rich people who want to kind of flex their money and and be the owner of, you know, X or Y team. But now it's, yeah, yeah, coming much down to that delivery and, you know, what does that actually mean for you and, and what upside does that bring in?
1: Sure, sure. Uh, and Chris, uh, if you allow me, I have a challenge for you, for me, for both of us. Uh, we have to try yeah. to, to do a partnership, uh, uh, cross partnership between regions. You know, that's something that I, I, I at least I, I, I can't remember to see anything, you know, mm. Teams uh, worldwide, world working together, you know, like for boot camps being a, being more than, more than a partners, you know. Should, so the brands can see that can, they can work in two, two different regions at the same time. Mm. You know what I mean? We can talk, discuss about um, much more about it later. But for example, you say about Audi or you say, well, for why not the, uh, an air, uh, Latin or, Latin or United Airlines, you choose one, pick one, Emirates, the Emirates, Air Asia. So they can put people here, all here and we can. Send you some Braz- some Brazilians. That's. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. The thing is, but it, it, it is. Uh, it, it must be something that we can do about it. You know, I mean, that's the that's where the opportunity is. You know, that's the money is, that the business is, and that's how I, we can impress the world about to show esports is a uh, that that's no limits, that no barriers for, for esports. You know.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. And there has been you know, there's been some interesting collaborations, um, you know, for the listeners of the podcast. Um, They might've heard about um, the way that HTC entered into the market. And I talked to that was about, you know, three of the top um, tier one organizations in America combining together to do a pitch. But no, I think you're right that there is, um, there's some more collaboration to be done, I think, between esports teams globally. And we've seen it, We've seen it in small ways, you know, like um the Greyhound team were boot camping at the at the NIP facilities previously and you know, you've seen a little bit of sharing of players. There's two Australian organizations that have joined Fortnite teams together to he- to head over to the US. But I'd be interested to see more like what you were saying, it's almost like an internal boot camp where you can share players, you know, among different regions and, and maybe work on sponsorships together. And yeah it's something that we've been talking about a bit internally here with um with a potential partner in Germany about sh- sharing information and contracts and ideas you know to help yeah. increase the footprint but no I think it's something that's fairly important and there are a lot of teams that are looking at this international expansion you know gaming events and teams yeah. and such so yeah, it sounds sounds interesting to me Sure sure and the, and we have to there's another difference in the our market that it's
1: the, that's the influencer marketing, you know, the digital, the digital influencer marketing, and esports. They are different, you know. We have a lot of guy influencers that plays uh, the esports games. For, if, if 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 it's okay to say that, we have to work together with those kind of guys, with this as well, mm. you know. For example, to to build more like uh, cross actions with guys. For example, in Brazil, we have a uh, samba. We have the samba schools why don't they we, we don't we put them we put our players in the an assembly school to show to the, the other audience you know IMTZ is already the the second best company best organization in the world uh, in dealing with the crowd the fans uh, we want that pro- we were we were happy to to be the, the choose as the second best one in the esports bar summit in Coney in february this year so we are always trying to do, do it's not about, it's not just about being different, you know, it's not being different. That, that's not the point. The point is doing right, you know, show mm. them how the, the, the proper way to do it. And that's the thing that I'm looking for uh, talking with guys worldwide, you know, how you do that, how you, uh, you have that, that challenge, how you face it, you know, How where did you, go, where did you go wrong, you know, because well, before we, we get it right, we have, we have. uh uh, some ups and down, more downs than ups. You
0: know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, something that's that's slightly different to this, but definitely tied into sales. Um, you know, for those listening to the podcast, we'll we'll have a, a senior sales staff member or two from Phase Clan. On, um in in coming weeks which should be fantastic oh they're, they're um, great they're great but something that they're obviously quite good at and, and something that i've been talking to so many teams in Australia and internationally about and i'd like to ask you too mate is obviously you're you're selling these to these brands and then you're selling these brands on but you have to sell them to someone right so how how do you as an esports team generate your fans because something that i've noticed quite a lot in the market is that a lot of teams are advertising to the fans they already have, but aren't going out and try to capture new fans. And obviously, that's very detrimental if you're advertising to fans you already have and you don't have many or any fans. So it's hard to capture them. You know how yeah. how do you generate these new yeah fanatics of, of INTZ esports?
1: Well, we have a team, uh, uh, a team and I can say is the biggest team in uh, in INTZ. A team, uh, the the. Department to, to, to think all a hundred percent about that because that's the that's the one of the biggest challenge, you know. Mm. We already have the biggest structure and our teams are going well. You know, we, we I'm not saying we will be lazy at any point with the teams, but the teams already got their structure they need. So we are we, we are in the final again on the below We are we were in the major. Uh we're getting there. You know? uh, but we have to conquer uh, to have more fans and well, what are the, what I bring from the traditional sports is winning. titles, getting, get more fans, but we have to work together. That, that's what I was saying about the samba. You have to show people. We have to be, we have to be there when they, they ask themselves, what are, what are these people talking about? What is e-sports? And we need to, we are always trying to, to be, what is this anti, INTZ about it? To be the reference, you know, mm. we're like Gillette. Uh, like, uh, those, those brands that turn themselves into, into the product. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we are to be the first. And for example, in our e-commerce, our jerseys are at the lowest, lowest price possible. They are the, the the cheapest in the market. And why is that? That's a marketing strategy. You know, because if people are, like, Hey, I know, I know, uh, the, the, our jersey is very beautiful. And I, I say that with all, we know about this, it's great. Uh, our design team is, wow, well, they're good as hell. Well, or heaven, whatever. Uh, mm. but the thing is, our jerseys are the, the, pri- the, lowest price possible. So people can have it because you you can't charge them the, the, uh, how much you want it. Of course you have to do the, the to do the counting, be, uh, before the, the price. You have to check it all the operational costs and blah blah blah. But the thing is, you have to be there with for them. You know, how can you how can you be uh, look nice to anyone being uh, so not cold? But uh, you you are you call them, but you are not giving them anything. And we want to give them. We we have a party. We have a INTZ party for the fans, so mm-hmm. they catch up. And the, why why is a party? Because the fans. Can bring them some cousins, friend, other friends, girlfriends, boyfriends, uh, whatever they wanted. Fathers, mothers, I don't know. But to, to see what is INDZ. we want. We, we, it's a culture thing, you know. It's more like a lifestyle. We, but we need. We have to to invite them to our world. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy. But it's how things will get. Will get bigger and sustainable. You know, because we don't have fans. Uh, we were, uh, I'm afraid that we can go as our traditional sports, some traditional sports did in Brazil. We, we, we didn't, we, we got, we had the chance and we didn't learn anything from it, you know? So, mm-hmm. but that there, there's a guy that you can talk about it, that they, they can explain you much better how the strategy works because he's a great guy or, or, and, um, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and even in the CEO that is leading the process.
0: Yeah, and I, and I feel like, um, you know, I haven't thought enough about this to have a, you know, a perfect position on it yet, and I also haven't thought about how to even ask the question properly, because it seems um, like a question that doesn't need to be asked, but I think it's because people haven't asked it before, right? Most yeah, yeah. In, the, in the past, you know, most of these teams have generated their fans by winning and maintaining relevance to a game that's large in the market. So they might be gaining their fans through, you know, being in majors and on stage and winning tournaments and, you know, creating vlogs and such that are based around that. But you're capturing an audience that's already watching those games. So unless that game is growing... Or unless the tournament is growing and reaching new fans, you're not going to be reaching new fans. So how do you reach out and actively go and capture them yourself and spend a bit of money to reach these new audiences? Do you do something like phase where you focus on content? You focus on now working with, with rappers and NBA players and celebrities to, you know, sure, start sure. to capture their audiences and start to reach like what you were saying before uh, for some of my content start to reach more people that are in the gaming space and not always or so much in the eSports space.
1: Exactly. That's the thing. that That's where the that's where the, the, the market is nowadays, you know, because let's say they have users or they have users. They are already here, you know. Mm. I know there's not much we can, uh, can show them and impress them. But in the gaming scenario, in the influencer scenario, I don't know if I can say that, Chris, but like something like the Shade Crew, you know, the people getting more people to the game, you know, to the esports. Show them. It's it's a culture life. It's more than esports. It's entertainment. It's entertainment as well,
0: you know? Yeah. And it's thinking, it's thinking about, I guess, developing the casual fans, right? Because a lot of the content and and the delivery I see is based towards the hardcore fans that have a real understanding of what's happening. But if you think about the biggest sport here in Australia, the Australian Football League, you know, my partner's family, they've been, you know, casual fans for that for generations of the same team, but none of them actually participate. None of them play... (laughs) Um, and, yeah. you know, sometimes they'll go and watch live, but not so often, but they'll always talk about it and they'll show some interest in it. So, you know, how do we as esports develop more of those casual fans who don't even want to be on stage playing? They don't care about being the next Counter-Strike Pro, but they'd like yeah. to turn on Twitch or the TV or what what have you and yeah. just watch it and, and engage with it every now and then. You know, how do, we, how do we flip that so it's not just, you know, you're either an on or an off, you're either an avid esports fanatic yes. or you just don't care at all. Exactly, man. That that's the point. That's the point. And see, and I mean,
1: uh, hearing uh, you saying it, it sounds so uh, easy, so obvious. But you have to imagine that we are in Brazil. Brazil. We are. Uh, we we don't have this culture for the uh, uh, this, this thinking culture. I'm not saying we are not thinking. It's just different. You know, we have. We are very worried about the, the results itself. Our sports here is not entertainment. You know, as for example, NBA. NFL, any sports league, you know, it's it's, it's it's more it's sports to the core, you know, it's more competition itself. It forgets about the entertainment part of it, you know. Any sports is as much about about entertainment as it's about uh, the sports itself, you know, the competitive the competitive side of it. Mm. For example. uh, About Fortnite. Fortnite is a. When Netflix say that Fortnite is their biggest threat, I mean, what are are we really talking about? Esports? No, esports. What uh, what 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 kind of market we are building, and we are building it, you know. So I just want to be sure that we're not forgetting anyone in the process, you know.
0: Yeah, no, definitely you're on. Yeah, you're on the right path, and it, it's um, you know, like I was saying, is building that culture around gaming and esports, right? And like we were saying, some of the traditional sports like NBA and rap, you know, they're they're really together, and sure, you know, exactly. able, it means that people who aren't really hardcore basketball fans are wearing Jordans. Um, And, you know, they're listening to Drake because he's sitting courtside and, you know, it's really starting to merge together and seeing brands like FaZe and 100 Thieves, you know, lead that kind of culture, you know, PUBG Mobile doing a few collaborations now with with Bape, which is a massive streetwear brand, especially in the Asian markets and such. And I think we're starting to see these crossovers a bit more, but... The question i'm trying to ask is you know for these esports teams that are involved winning is definitely one thing and you have to be good because no one wants to follow a team that dresses in lots of gucci but can't play the game <laughs> you know they need to be sure. some form of good sure but what's the what's the balance you know how much let's say if you've got let's say if you've got a hundred fictional dollars how many dollars do you spend on being good how many dollars do you spend on bringing in new brands and how many dollars do you spend on activating and, and capturing new fans
1: the uh, I guess uh, without being good, you won't have the second chance. You have, the, you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, you have to be good. You have to win. Nobody wants to lose. You know. Uh, once I buy your T-shirt, I, I buy your jersey, and I'm wearing it. I want to be a winner. You know. Mm. That's that's human. So you don't need to be uh, huge in all esports, but you have to be good in something. You know. And then you have that need ni- that that niche. And then you go step by step, but you have to be good. Uh, I yeah. don't think you you can be only a entertainment team. It's not. Uh, it's you can't. You can be. Uh, well, so far you can't be the harling Globetrotters, You know, you have to be an NBA team. Now.
0: Yeah, and this is and exactly what you're saying is how I often describe people like Ninja. You know, he's not. You know, a lot of the he's traditional good. media calls he's him esports. He's not really esports, he's more entertainment. But he's still a good player. You know, he's still exactly. playing in these leagues and he's still winning a lot of tournaments and he's still being quite good. But that's not his goal is to be an esports professional. Yeah. His goal that's is to it, be right. a celebrity entertainer. But still, like you were saying, you know, Doctor Disrespect, another one. And Shroud, you know, another one. These three of the biggest streamers in the world, yes, they're not currently trying to be an esports champion, but they're all they're all quite decent and they're certainly above average at, at games. For sure, man. That's esports
1: 101, I guess. You know, Mm. you you have to know how to play. You know, Mm. it's not about you have to be competitive, you have to be good. Because, I mean, for example, I never lose uh, any FIFA for more than one zero because I rage it and I shut it down. I don't want to lose (laughs) it. I mean, the thing is, nobody wants to lose. Yeah. So, why am I. why will I spend my time watching someone that only loses? Who and you know, it's not, I mean, it's a psychological thing, you know. But for me, this is esports sports one on one. If you, if you don't know that, uh, you have to step back and think about it, you know, where you're going. I mean, I don't want to sound rude, but we need good people in the market, you know?
0: Mm. Mm, for sure. So what's the, um, What's the current trends in in the Brazilian esports market, and and what market do you follow? You know, do you look to the U.S. to see where you might be in the future, or are you kind of really leading your own path in a different industry?
1: No, yeah, I'm looking to all the markets, guy. Because, uh, for example, Australia market and um, is very interesting for us because we have a lot of common, uh, and and the other the other regions are always. Uh, Thinking, don't, don't thinking about us, you know, and we have a great audience, great numbers. Mm. And I like the, I like the Vietnam case because they have a small scenario and what they did was, well, nobody wants, nobody cared about us. So what, what can we do? They just focus on themselves and build a very huge and strong scenario. You know, they're very competitive nowadays. So that's a, that's an experience. We have to learn to, we have, to, we can learn about it. Uh, the well, about America, the the USA, the NBA scenario. We are always looking at that and them because the Brazilians are somehow uh, fans about the American way of life. I'm not saying about myself, okay? But the mm-hmm. things the market well, uh, that we we learn to like is that is the, that market, NBA and those kind of things. Uh, and European teams about I like I like to see them about how they they work with many regions, different cultures among themselves you know because the nordics they are as one you know but they are different but they are as one so that's very interesting for me because as australia we have continental sides you know mm. the north brazil very different from the south brazil and how we can put together to be one huge region uh, as it as we must be you know as, as because when you you, you, you can't just Put things the, the same way to the guys in the north and south. It's different, you know. For example, we have cold in the south of Brazil, you know, and you, you don't have cold at all in the north Brazil. Mm. Oh, so, I mean, it's up as as my manager in, in Universal used to say, it's all about the weather. But the thing is, uh, in Brazil, we have uh, all 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 this kind of cultures inside Brazil. We can have learned a lot from Australia because of what I, what I just saw. We can, for example, the Asian guys, man, the China, man, they are huge, but uh, uh, we can't just think about China as one. You know, they have difference in, inside China. Mm. And every time I was talking about China, I'm always asked, where in China? Yeah. Where are we talking about in China? Hong Kong's not China, man. You know, so well, what are we talking about? And I guess we we, we can't how can i say we don't have many time as i want to plan things so we have to get the the good ideas from from anywhere and put it put it put it uh, in in our our business plan and make it make it happen you know try
0: it Mm. a thing i love to ask is about roadblocks and you know what's stopping people from progressing along the path? What what are the main roadblocks in the Brazilian market right now? And and are they the same as these other industries that you're looking at?
1: I don't know. If that's the challenge, isn't it? Uh, mm. The well, what we face in Brazil is the. Uh, I don't want to make myself uh, sounds rude, you know, because somehow the people are not about doing bad. But we have the problem. For example, in the competitive side. Uh, our 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 guys are great players, but we have to to train to, to practice with the guys that are better than us, mm. and we can't. We we are in somehow working in going in circles. You know, we are, and how how can we trespass this? How can we get to these guys? So we have to do boot camps, for example. ITZ hires uh, foreign player, foreign coaches to bring their expertise in, to us, to our in our our game plays. Yeah. Uh, but when we are talking about the brands, for example, you have to understand the Brazilian culture. You know, it's different. You have to be the Brazilian guy. Uh, we try to, uh, the thing is I have to work somehow as a translator, you know, from this, this esports scenario to the Brazilian culture way of doing things, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, that's one of the challenges we have, but, I think we're doing great man all the teams are working together we have associations uh and the challenges are always happening they keep coming you know and we have to be to, to have a fast a fast response to it uh but oh, mm. that's a hard question man. that's a hard
0: question and the problem you were saying about you know people playing only against each other in the market is you know something that happened here in australia for a long time because of how physically separated we are from the rest of the world yeah you know it takes a long time for us to fly and a lot of money to get overseas so we always had that cap where, you know, a team would be very dominant here in Australia in, in say, Counter-Strike 1.6, like Team Immunity. Mm-hmm. But then when they go overseas, they, you know, never perform that well because they don't have Not the opportunity to, me about it. Yeah. you know, play with or against the best people. And and now, thankfully, you know, we've got teams like Greyhound who are camping yeah. overseas quite a lot and, you know, achieve some success in, in the major. We've got teams like Renegades who are four out of five Australians and, you know, went over as five out of five. And, you know, they're great. They just achieve legend status at the at the major as well. So it shows that, you know, we've got the ability to play quite well at a top level, but, yeah, we just need, um, you know, just need the opportunities provided and, and need to be talking to these other regions and, and cooperating as much as possible.
1: Yeah, and, and, and just well, we're back at the... Well, we, First talk. Uh, if you don't invest in the teams, you know, if you don't get them money to go do boot camps to bring people, uh, we won't be competitive worldwide. And be more competitive worldwide brings more audience, brings more. the cycle, this the circle completes itself. You know. Mm, mm.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. So, changing um, changing topics slightly, but we're still obviously maintaining on the same trend. Can you let me know a little bit more about investment um, in the Brazilian esports market, and you know where that's at? What's what's hot at the moment, and you know what the upcoming startups are looking at? You know, are we? Past the fact where it's mainly teams and tournament operators getting investment, are you seeing you know esports PR companies, talent management agencies, uh, platforms, etc., or is it still mainly focused on teams and tournaments?
1: Yeah, it's baby steps, Brazil. It's in our first first uh, first years about this talking. I guess uh, we have a lot of talking this year, 2019, and I guess in 2020 we have many news. You know, uh, this investment part is somehow uh, more difficult to say because uh, we are th- the invest the investors are how can I say th- not touching. They are trying. They are talking to the teams. They are seeing who is good, who is uh, who who it isn't, and the numbers. And we, uh, as a as a club, we are doing our homework to show them how it is, how it works. Uh, but. I guess it's baby steps yet, you know, it's baby steps. We are, we are not, uh, as far as you are in Australia, for example, you are, you already did a a, a, a long path for us. You are uh, many steps ahead, you know, mm. that's a, that's a corporate marketing app. Uh, I'm not, I'm not. It's not that I'm not comfortable saying about it, but the figures that there are so many talks, talkings about it, and and I just don't want to, to anyone to say that I, oh, I anticipate things like that, things like that, say that, you know, that's it's somehow delicate to to get into.
0: Yeah, I I understand. You know, from from my standpoint, it's the same. When I'm often cautious to criticize you know certain companies or people in the market but i think that if you come from a genuine place and if you've shown that you're really thinking about these responses and you're honest you know i try to be as honest as possible in saying like i did before that when i don't have fully formed thoughts or opinion on something you know i can say sure. hey you know i've i've been thinking about this and you know i'm not exactly sure if this is correct but here's where i'm at so far and you know that's why we it's important i think to have these kind of discussions where you know, we don't really have a script. I've got a few questions that I'd like to ask yeah. you, but there's no script written and it's and it's just discovering more information. But sure, just what, pulling, pulling out one thing or one thing that you've been talking about quite a lot over this podcast that seems very interesting to me is that in Brazil, it seems like the sponsorship from traditional companies is more advanced than in other regions, but the investment and the structure in esports is lacking compared to other regions. And would would that be true? Uh,
1: somehow, yes, we are getting there. But the thing is, remember that I'm a I'm a guy. from my my job uh, is to work with the talk with this the brands, and not about the structure itself. But yeah, uh, there's a lot of opportunity to it, these brands. And uh, if, if that's a good uh, good way to say that. Uh, to any sports teams, not only for INTZ, but people are listening to us. You know, I'm not saying that we're closing deals, but they are listening. Mm. And so uh, what, what makes me worry is the the, the message that we are giving them. You know, Mm. we have to give them because we are, we are having the opportunity to talk to them a lot that we haven't. I can't say it's hard to talk to them. It isn't, man. It's, we, we can't, they are open to, to, to hear us, to see our proposals, so the thing is we have to do our homework right, you know, and then we have to show them how, how it is and how it works. So that's why I'm, I'm very, as uh, I said, so two or three times already that I'm a romantic, but I really think that it can work out, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and it's like you were saying, um, you know, I think it's from the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, which is about before you go into a meeting, understand the company, understand the person you're talking to and what they like. Yes. And there was an example yes. in that book where, um, you know, he found out that the person he wanted to get something from really liked boats. So he spent all night researching boats, he <laughs> talked about boats the whole time to the guy, and he has no interest in them whatsoever. <laughs> but at least he found some common ground to, you know, start to discuss some things. And, you know, I've seen that here. You know, I'm not a big follower of traditional sports, but our business development manager, James Bryce Lind, he's he's a massive fan of cricket. So, anyone who we've gone to who's, you know, into footy and cricket and this kind of stuff, I can see the instant connection that he gets with these brands when he's able to talk the same language as them.
1: There's a huge, there's a, not slightly, there's an important difference between prospecting and connecting Mm. you you know what i mean Uh, it's not about prospecting it's not calling someone and say hey do you want to be part of esports it's not it's not it's not about that you know Mm. people like to be like to be here you know so hey have you ever heard about esports and when the guys say no you say whoa what about one and then you try to find a path in common you know it's not about just uh we're not selling commodities here you know Mm, uh, yeah. So, but I, but I think there's, there's a, uh, there's a space to anyone, any brand, you know, for even the, from the infrastructure size. I mean, from the energy, energy companies to the fast food companies, anyone, you know, and I'm not sure uh, about because the, the brands sometimes do, uh, they have a, uh, a, a truth about the, the gamers, you know? Oh, they are like this and that, they don't like this and like that. Mm. Man, it's not like that, you know? They like anything, they they don't like anything. I mean, they are, not, anyone can be a gamer, you know? When you go to the marketplace, to the shopping store, well, when you go goes around, you can see, and you can, I'm not judging people, but you can say, oh, that kind of, that guy likes surf. That guy likes to skate. Oh, that's a hipster. That's a rocker. That's it. That that. That's so, but you can't say, "Oh, that's a gamer." Why? Because everyone is a gamer. Mm. Mm. So, when you show the brands that anyone is a gamer, you have to ask them, w- "Which kind of people do you want to talk about?" We have to. We have to remember that we have. We have the. We have all the audience in the world. But so, if we, if, if you go saying, "Oh, our audience is like this and that and this and that." It, it, and if he doesn't understand, uh, if, it, if you don't have the, the the common people, he will say, "Oh no, no, it's not for me." Oh man, it can't be it for you. So why why not hear before it? You know why don't why don't uh, hear the their their pains? You know what bothers them and what they they want you to do difference. And so, but remember, you have to explain to the first guy you're talking, and then sometimes you have to explain to a boy, and he. You have to make him feel comfortable to explain to his superior that doesn't know anything about eSports as well. Mm. Mm. So it's not about uh, trying to impress anyone. It's just about making sure they,
0: they are getting the, your point. You know? Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. Not you got to be able, to, that. Be able to, talk to talk both languages, right? On, on Exactly. Both sides. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what's uh so what's coming up next for, for you and INTZ? Uh
1: well, we have we have the the CBLO finals on on Saturday. So it's a huge thing. Uh I just closed before your call uh, a partnership, and a very interesting partnership. I can't say about it, but I'm very excited. I guess they didn't do any they are a worldwide and big brand, but they didn't do uh, much thing yet they're just starting to do and what they they did is huge so as soon i i i hope it uh, it will get to your to your mailbox or something like that oh did you see what what imtc did i mean uh we're having good plans good plans we are getting good good co good partners really <laughs> abroad and making our our networking right you know just the opportunity to be here is great uh, as i spoke before Thank you very much. Uh, I don't know exactly uh, how is the audience will think about it. But uh, if you have if you, someone and have anything to complain, you can say, give me their my email to them and we can talk about it. Man. The important is to yeah. talk and to make it happen. We're building a market. know we are not enemies yet uh, to close in a very Shakespeare way. Well, we we feel we happy feel we bed of brothers, you know. Mm. We have to be
0: together to to build this market. Awesome, mate. Where can where can people connect with you online? Where can they find you?
1: Well, my in all media social media is as Tachini, C H I C O T I T T I N O I, Mm -hmm. Uh, and more. My email is C I C H I C O at Uh and I'm very open to any talks you can have it just don't came with rocks and stones that everything will be fine.
0: <laughs> fantastic, fantastic mate thanks so much for joining us today I've learned a lot about the Brazilian market.
1: My pleasure mate. Thank you. Can take you more about the your invites.
0: Thank you. No problem. And thank you listening in to listening into the Big Esports Podcast. This has been episode number 50 with Chico from INTZ Esports Club. If you would like to learn more about anything we talked about today, uh, get in touch or see any of the show notes. You can head to bigesports.gg forward slash five zero. The number's five zero. And you can see the show notes, links to Chico and anything else we talked about today. Thanks for listening. Like I said before, we do have some people from FaZe coming on soon as well. We're going to be talking so much more about sales as we can because I think it's a very important topic that we need to keep discussing. Thanks for listening and bye for now. Thanks for tuning into our podcast today. For show notes, relevant links and upcoming projects, you can check us out online at bigesports.gg or follow us on our social medias at bigesports underscore gg.